<laughs> Aloha Maui. Hello, this is Josh Porter. Jason Burkhart. Marissa Burkhart. And Yasmina Bafai. Welcome to the Solar Coaster. This is episode 138, 2020 decade in review uh, with Solar Coaster. I wrote kids, but that doesn't seem appropriate here. They're not, not quite not, kids not anymore. Really. <laughs> uh, next gen Solar Coasters. Uh, so, a uh, good friend of the family here, Yazi. Good to see you, Yasmina. Thank you so much for coming in. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? Excellent, excellent. And of course, uh, Marissa uh, Vericart. Marissa, have you been in before? No, this is my first time. First one. So we had we had Dylan in before, and we had yep. Julian before. Yep. Uh, and I guess uh, en Chen's the only victim we haven't yet uh, got into the show. So she's next, right? <laughs> All right. Sure. So uh, thanks for tuning in, folks. Uh, we are uh, here with our year-end show. Usually we like to do a year-end show, but it also happens to be the end of a decade. Is that important, Jason? Uh, <laughs> we talked about that this morning. It's, it's, it's an arbitrary number that we assigned to this particular period in time. Um, just because there's a zero on the end doesn't necessarily mean, but we should be looking at what we've achieved in the past decade all the time. For sure. And it just so happens to be the last decade was the one with a whole bunch of neat stuff happened with solar panels. Well, there was that. Right? <laughs> and uh, and then, of course, we were told by the IPCC, International, International Prevention for Climate Change, is that the one? Uh, that uh, panel for climate change, rather. Mm -hmm. uh, that the world could, uh, you know, kind of go over the tipping point in the next decade. So we're kind of at this really interesting little fulcrum, little precipice, little moment in time between two decades to see how things uh, pan out for us. Is it a Star Trek future, which is really cool sci-fi, or is it a Mad Max future? Uh, that's a, that's a, a nod to Jason Fellerman. He likes to use that <laughs> comparison there. We're going to find out today from, uh, from uh, some kids that will be around a lot longer than we will. There you go. Right? All right, let's do it. <laughs> I certainly hope so. That's kind of the conversation, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, right. We hope so. All right, let's get into this, uh, into our housekeeping. Um, hey, folks, this is The Solar Coaster. We are a renewable energy-themed talk show right here in lovely Maui County. can be found Fridays at 1.05 p.m. on Kauai, 1110 a.m. Also, some FM stations, 96.7 FM Central Maui, 96.5 FM Westside, 98.7 FM Upcountry www.solar-coaster.com is where you can listen live if you're outside of our broadcast area or even right now if you like. Uh, but also, most importantly, it also keeps all our old shows, the entire archive, 138 after we finish this one. Um, if, there, if there's a solar technology or something that you're interested in hearing about, go on there. Chances are we've talked about it by now, and, and we're actually starting to get some historical perspective. Please don't go back to number one. But no, go back to number one. Some of the earlier shows. I mean, it really shows how far we've come in just the three years and uh, and get some perspective on where, we, where we're it's going. It's been, been a lot of movement. I just realized that I initially asked Jason to come on board for 13 shows, so we're 100 times that right now, right? So, yeah. I, or I, 10 I, times I, that. And right? I will never forgive you. <laughs> so, uh, very good. Yep. Uh, we got some great podcasts, too, right? Yep, podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeart, and a number of others have all picked up the solar coaster now uh, because we have such a, an extended run. Uh, but you can basically go on your podcast network of choice, look for our little orange and blue uh, waveform logo, and take us everywhere you go in your uh, car or on your mobile devices. Very good, very good. Got some great sponsors out there uh, that have kept the solar coaster on the tracks and some new ones pending. Very excited to announce them in 2020, uh, but uh, we'll hold on that for a moment. Fairwinds Wealth Management, uh, one of the first of our local sponsors. Enduro Shield and Perfectly Clear Glass. Uh, thanks to Gary Dolberg for putting that together. Really interesting panel coating uh, technology, which we'll 
probably be trialing soon and doing some videography and some fun I'm stuff. I'm kind of interested that. to see that, like how like yeah. they're they're going to let you abuse it in the real world. Yeah, can't wait, can't <laughs> wait. And uh, uh, Sundrum Solar, uh, heat sink technology, heat pump stuff, very cutting edge, very relevant to some conversations that are happening around the world about heat pumps. Uh, taking that waste heat out of panels, making them perform better, and using that thermal energy for lots of different cool stuff. So uh, playing with those that technology as well. Not to mention Pantech Design, smart panel company, right? These guys also have a, a year-end discount, I think of 20%. Uh, if you want to check them out, pantechdesign.com. Those are our sponsors, great companies, cool people. Thank you uh, to all of them. This is a call-in show, folks. If you'd like to jump in, 808-242-7800 is the call-in line. Uh, I think we should jump over to news and events. There's an awful lot to cover. I mean, everybody's... Because it's the end of the year, because it's the end of the decade, there's a whole lot of let's look back and see what we've achieved over the past year or 10. Um, the biggest one right off the top was uh, Green Tech Media Articles, the 10 utility regulation trends of 2019. Right. This is really interesting because it's it's literally the, the, the big movers. When utilities start actually shifting their business model, um, you're going to see you're going to see major shifts in energy very, very quickly. Um, but these are utility regulations. So these are regulated utilities, monopolies like our own uh, AGI um, companies, uh, Miko, Hiko, and they are I mean, it all looks pretty good. Implementing 100 clean, 100 percent clean energy. Uh, strategies and commitments, commitments to make it green by X date. Uh, the, the dates change depending on w where you are. But it, there's so many. Uh, 13 different states, um, Puerto Rico, Washington, D.C., have uh, clean energy targets, um, some of them as, as early as 2032, which is really, really right around the corner <laughs> if, yeah. we th if we think about things. Yeah, and of course, the, uh, the environment that kicked it all off was Hawaii. Yep. And Governor Ige's uh, mandate, and then often uh, one can uh, attribute a lot of the the initial kind of lobbying to Hank and his team out there at the Blue Planet Foundation mm -hmm. for getting that off the ground. And then there's just been this uh, is groundswell the right word? I mean, mm -hmm. kind of of like brush fire of renewable energy mandates being adopted by utilities all across the country. No, me too. Me too. One up yeah, we're going to do it. The best of course, we're going to do it. Yeah. yeah, and they're learning. You from can't each say other. you're not going to do it. Oh, <laughs> no, have to do it. <laughs> forbid. <laughs> and, and that's even being dialed in. You get from, you know, renewable energy mandates to, okay, how do we address carbon? Because we start mm -hmm. to see some of the concerns. A decarbonized future becomes the, sure. the, the narrative. Well, the, the, and then the biofuel was a thing for a while. Is that is that renewable? Right. Well, it's renewable. It's not green. Burning wood is renewable, you know. Right. Let's chop <laughs> down it'll, some it'll big trees. And chop down all the trees. <laughs> um, sure. So that's pretty cool. I mean, that, the fact that, you know, we don't, we don't want to just over talk this. We're t people are tired of hearing from us. So you guys have to jump in, right? So, I mean, 100% knowing that uh, the, the policymakers in our world are doing this. How does that feel to you guys? Is that a cool thing? Uh, it It's pretty optimistic, but I'm not sure if it will actually happen, right. mm. but we're hoping it will. Well, uh, uh, CEO of Value Act Capital in San Francisco, Jeffrey Ubens, would agree with you. <laughs> he doesn't <laughs> seem to think that we're going to get this thing done on time because of the way that entrenched corporate interests are kind of potentially slowing things sure. down specific to Hawaii in that yeah. case, right? Well, that's 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 number three on this list, actually, is aligning their um, reward, for these, these regulated utilities, aligning their reward with the actual performance of, for, toward the goals that we want. So mm. not just 
running out. I mean, they used to be compensated on investment in infrastructure, right? That was that was our, at least our local regulation. Spend it, build if it, you get, spend get more money, then you get paid more money mm. to to spend money. So they just spent money on random stuff, and now we're we're telling the utility, the Public Utilities Commission is telling the utility that you know what we want to change the model. We're going to say now that if you the progress toward renewable energies for green uh, decarbonization is going to be where you're rewarded. Third and so that it routes, it routes the utility in a particular direction and we get to right. basically dictate. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, uh, very good. There's a couple of them here, just the topics. Falling cost of renewables and storage drives resource plans, number two. Number four. Number four, utilities planning for electric transportation. That's a, a big one. That's a right? B. I mean, you're, you're basically asking them to trend. Like, an electric car it basically takes up the same energy as a house. So what you're asking for is them to double capacity when you talk about going full electric transportation. If everybody had an electric car, Heaven again. Uh, if you have two electric cars, it's, that's two more houses you're adding to the grid. So they have to I'm be able so, to move all that power. I, I'm so generate and I'm move so all that power. I'm so personally into electric car ideas right now. First of all, I'm, I was literally handling Solar Edge's uh, 7600 HD Wave uh, EV uh, charger, mm -hmm. po most powerful level two charger you in the it. world. Yep. In my hands this morning as I received it, going, "Ooh, I have to get an EV now." New, new toys. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> you still drive around a big four. <laughs> <laughs> so very cool stuff. Uh, Transpo is is huge. You know, and this year we saw just within this, we could almost do the whole show from here, right? I mean, with it, we, we saw not only uh, cars, but we also saw then semis, uh, semis, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Nikola and Tesla. So going after the shipping component of Transpo, and then we saw maritime with EcoShip, and then um, a bunch of hydrogen ferries, uh, and then there's like a handful of huge maritime kind of. Remember Ernst Galuchek, one of mm -hmm. our shows. He talked all about the opportunities within um, within maritime because it's one of the dirtiest areas for carbon for pollution. Yeah, all right? dirty heavy fuel that they and, burn. And Diesel. then we saw electrification of, uh, of aviation, and that's been ramping up like crazy. I mean, yeah. I can't even keep track of that. Nope. It's everywhere. It's like you know, there's another uh, air, you know company coming out with a different segment. There's uh, specific. Uh, there's actually commercial. I think commercial can move a lot faster than we think. There's some specific engines that incorporate uh, electric electric engine and jet together. Uh, to be able to this hybrid concept, there's so much going on out there yep. in Transpo. Absolutely, um, valuing DERs and DERs, we learned over the years is distributed energy resources. Uh, basically, that's taking all the home batteries that exist and in a particular vendor's space right now, but it could be once the standard communication comes online, it could be all batteries, taking them as one big unit and using them to do wonderful things like balancing the grid, being able to move energy without super high voltage power lines and all these other things that you can do when you have a massively redundant system like that um, so this is something that people are still figuring their head getting their heads around we, we don't even know half the things we can do with it but they're coming out with all these things and valuing them for that not just the local energy storage that the homeowner gets yeah, I mean, we're, it's not even just an idea. I don't know if Jay got a chance to tell you guys, but when we were in, uh, where was it, Salt Lake, mm -hmm. uh, Sonin uh, did the first um, virtual power plant in a, like in, like 1,200 unit, beautiful loft apartment complex. We went out there and had a party. It was amazing. These houses, these these units are actually geared towards renting to to young young people, and they have their mm -hmm. own uh, storage in each individual unit. It's a Sonin EcoLink, super cool looking. Looks like a monolith out of like 2001 or something. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the. That's I think they've even seen that, they haven't even seen that movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh right. Yeah. Um, so I want to I want to flip the switch. 
Okay. I have, I've brought my Wayback Machine with me. Mm. And we should go back to the decade of 2010, the one that was, and see where solar was. Sure. What, what was going on? I pulled up a bunch of facts, so we're going to flip the switch here, and bang, we're in 2010. Um, so this is news for 2010. Residential solar installed has finally achieved 250 megawatts this year, nationally. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait. 250 megawatt. That was, that was the, the number that we achieved in 2010. Get out of here. And we're now topping uh, 2,600 megawatt, so 10 times. Annual, that was the production annual. That was, two, that was the yeah. full production of the yep. year. Yep. Commercial, utility, that's, residential. That's, ever, that's, that's both. That, that's residential. 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 Uh, CNI was 300 megawatt. Right. Compared to a 2,100 today. Okay, okay, so, yeah, major increase. Okay, yep. gotcha. Solar has finally achieved 0.1% of the U.S. electrical generation. <laughs> right, where are we now, like 2% Well, or we, we finally got out of the 0.0 whatever phase, right? And and now it's act- we're actually at 2.5, around 2.5% of total electrical generation in the United States as, of, as of 2019. Um but that's, I mean, that was, a, that was a big milestone, finally getting out of the little tiny fractions of a percent, and we're only a tenth of a percent. <laughs> um, solar panels costs were down to $2.50, sorry, 200, yeah, $2.50, so $2.50 per watt. Yeah. And constituted 35% of total total system cost. Uh, and I had a question for you: Where are we today? What did you just pay for your panels? <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm going to tell you That's exactly. Just panels. But uh, so now, if you're buying at utility scale, I just saw some yeah. charts on this, yeah. and um, I would say that the panels are down in the 20, 30 cent territory utility scale. That means you're buying, you know, you like megawatts, thousands right? of them, you know, yeah, thousands, thousands. But of you know, the market at the moment, you, like you can get, you know, around 50, 60 cents. I'd say lower, like lowest, maybe around forty cents for like the the cheapest ones, yeah. uh, and then upwards of so maybe less double than a, that, less than a fifth of, yeah. of what they were just a decade ago. Yeah, I'd say like high efficiency right now is probably sitting around eighty, uh, seventy-five to eighty-five cents, yep. somewhere in that range per watt. So. Average, average residential system cost was down to forty thousand dollars. Forty G's for a resi system. Yeah, yeah. So. That was that was the average. <laughs> I remember back in 2010, I remember systems going in, we think in price per watt, all mm-hmm. in sale price per watt. And sure. I can give you some perspective on this. So we would say about five, $6 a watt was not uncommon for a simple residential system. Mm-hmm. Those might be like 200 and something watt panels and then they were end phase 180 or something like that. Yep. And those, that was the technology of the day. Uh, and you'd be paying about six bucks a watt. So if you had like a seven kilowatt system, it might be about $40,000. That's yep. the territory it was, right? Nowadays, it's probably just simple solar is probably about um, less than half of that, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, there's this newfangled Tesla system. Nobody had even thought about it in 2010, but I did the math and it, the, the Tesla would have cost um, $59,000. Fifty-nine thousand. Oh, for the um, for, for the, the price per kilowatt price hour. Price per kilowatt of storage. Hours, yeah, storage. That and was now, the majority of it is storage, and now it now it's just under two thousand uh, twenty thousand. Yeah. Oh, you mean so like installed? Fifty-nine. Yeah, installed. That's what yeah. Tesla would charge. Char- what charges you today? I is saw twenty. Some, yeah, I saw some um, some numbers on the batteries themselves recently. They're about six Gs just for the the Tesla yeah. fourteen kilowatt hour batteries. Sure. Just that. I mean, but, it's so inexpensive. But fifty-nine thousand compared to. Lots of money. <laughs> Not. Lots of money. It used to be. And then um, in December of 2010, uh, Nissan has just released an all-electric car. 
Can you believe oh, it? Oh, the Nissan Leaf was launched in 2010? It was launched in 2010. Get out of um, here. They were in Japan. They didn't get to, uh, to the U.S. until 2011, but they were calling it the, they were calling it the Leaf. It's cute, but doesn't go very far. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're claiming that it's uh, because it doesn't have as many com- moving parts as an internal combustion car, it'll have less failures, but that remains to be seen. Actually, it has been seen, and over the last decade, uh, they um, have a failure rate that's like 125th. Whoa! Of the of the uh, comparable uh, small com- internal combustion car, so I love that. Yeah, and that, that's amazing that it was 2010. <laughs> it was 2010. Right? Yeah, <laughs> and I, I, right now we're kind of everyone's. I'd say accepted uh, the transition well, of the electric ice age. cars are starting to happen. Yeah, the ice age. You like that internal combustion engine? Ice. Right? Yeah, that's cute. Um, so yeah, um, much less failures. It's been proven. Uh, they cost less. We've done the math on air. Get yourself an electric vehicle. <laughs> <Charge it. laughs> when when they have some trucks, it's actually going to be a big deal. Right. Yeah. And just uh, I mean, from the from the Leaf to the Rivian. I don't know if you saw that post recently, but the Rivian doing a tank turn mm-hmm. uh, because it, all the the motors can operate independently. Yep. Right. So it's just like spinning, doing a three sixty. Right? Yep. Super cool. Yeah. Stuff. You want to turn you want a turning radius on your truck. <laughs> that's gonna <laughs> that's gonna be the one to get. Um, so coming back to the present, uh, a few other people are talking about all this all these things. The good news that we've had, the bad news that we've had. Um, I want to bring a point to the fact that although we are making all these strides, um, carbon dioxide continues to trend upwards. Um, we are we are not in a good trajectory as far as climate science goes. Yeah. Uh, and most of that comes down to the fact that we are using more and more energy every day. By bringing those electric cars online, we need more electrical energy. Oh, you're looking at me like I'm going to give you an answer. Uh, so <laughs> I'd, lo- I'd love an answer. I don't think there is an answer. <laughs> well, I mean, I think alongside of this, we just we just talked about from 2010 to now, yep. a decade of tremendous progress and very exciting technology and advancements. I mean, kids, guys, I'm not going to call you kids. I'm not going to call you guys. I'm not going to call you ladies either. Yazi and Marissa, <laughs> how does I mean? Did you see that? Was that in your periphery? Was that around you? Did you did you understand that that was happening over the last you know few years? Did you become acquainted with some of this stuff? I mean, was it on your mind that these things are happening? Do you follow tech? That carbon dioxide levels are going up or what? Sure, yeah, like climate change. Is that, any, is that something that is, is top of mind for, for um, teenagers of your generation? <laughs> I mean, in normal conversation, I don't think we discuss the climate. But for sure, um, in English class this year, actually one of our assignments was to argue a climate change topic. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the... Uh, the entire quarter we spent looking at climate change and things. So I think definitely they're trying to bring awareness to so, our generation. So you have climate change. You have this concept. You have you ha- and you have this this um, kind of un I would say somewhat undebatable topic at the moment. You know, pr- you know, with a tremendous backing of tremendous consensus of scientists all around the world, right? And you have along the side of that, this last 10 years of this tremendous technological advancement in renewable energies. We just talked about that, right? Um, and then one of the, and what we see, what we've also kind of learned throughout this process is that it may not be enough. It may not be anywhere nearly near enough to, to impact, to, to, to combat climate change. And that's kind of the big, the big topic right now. I mean, for example, what we've understood, what we've learned from our conversations with the people at uh, at Eater. Remember, we had a trip mm-hmm. out to Eater, which is a fusion nuclear fusion. They the the physicists there said that you know you can put down all the solar panels you want. There's not enough density to to combat climate change. You need like 10x over what you're doing right now to have a chance. 
And and we also found out that like we haven't little Musk's little square in New Mexico or whatever it is that's this tiny little fraction, hundred mile by hundred mile rectangle that could power the entire United States. We haven't even manufactured in the entire lifetime of solar. We have not manufactured a tenth of what would cover that area. Of all the solar panels you see out there, we really haven't manufactured that many yet. So it's okay. Okay. So, I mean, you have all these kind of ideas. People are arguing. You hear people saying that, you know, the world's coming to an end. You hear people saying there's all these great potential. I mean, what's the, what's the young person's perspective on this? Do you feel like we're moving into a, uh, a place where there, are you optimistic? Are you excited? Or are you like, uh oh, things are kind of looking pretty funky? Um, well, general consensus, I think, between me and Marissa is that um, unless everybody can really come together and make an effort to try and get something done and improve the environment, then it's not going to happen. And that takes a lot of work to get everybody on board with something. But unless that happens, it's unlikely that we can really turn it around as drastically as we need to. How do you feel when you see someone like Greta Thunberg? Is that, is that how you pronounce her name? When you see someone of your age range, right? She's 16. She's about your age, yeah? Uh, it kind of bring people together in this, in this dialogue. Um, I think it's really inspiring. Personally, uh, she's so passionate that sometimes it puts me off a little bit. Right. But actually... <laughs> I think it's really important, and um, if that's what it takes to get people rallied, then I think she's doing very good work. <laughs> Marissa's giving me the look. Okay. Um, she's making me do all the talking. Come yeah. on, <laughs> well, I mean, we, we I went to your school and gave a long speech, I think about an hour and a half, more or less of a speech and more of a conversation, just about the state of renewables to what was the, what was the group? What was what is that group? The MUN. Yeah, what is it? Modeled United Nations. We kind of modeled the United Nations and have conferences on what the United Nations are doing currently. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I mean, that's an interesting concept <laughs> yeah. for an after-school club, right? I mean, it's not. I don't. We we had the chess club and some kids that played soccer and lacrosse <laughs> that was about it so it sounds i mean a model united nations is a really cool thing um but how i mean i went and talked for an hour and a half and we had a lot of conversation about what was going on in the world uh what's the state we talked about fusion not being a viable alternative where we are with with fission and solar and wind and everything else what the pros and cons of each of the technologies were um what did they come away with what was the conversation after i mean i i got to walk away and you guys got left having conversation not really <laughs> we talked about it a little but everybody was more shocked than sure just tackling it and having a conversation right then i live in japan right now but there's seriously nothing that the government is doing to educate us on renew renewable energy or anything that's going on in the world we just have the small news that says oh maybe we're kind of in a bad position but no we have all the entertainment right now here you go and it just gets washed away whereas japan is way behind than everyone else thinks mm. so in terms of in terms of the like your your average friend that you're chatting with is just not top of mind for them of They're course not. not we're it's more of you know instagram and all the other social media that's attracting us and we don't 
see too much of what's going on in the world. Interesting. I mean, it's, you know, when I, when I think about all this, it's, you know, from the perspective of someone that got heavily engaged in this, put a lot of time, money, and energy into trying to, uh, uh, you know, do whatever I could uh, to make a living and uh, contribute to saving the world, right? Sure. That was kind of the mindset. I was like, <laughs> oh, this will work. So the solar industry will work for me. So I went out there and started uh, selling, installing, learning about, uh, you know, solar panels. And then seeing that over a 10-year period, it was a little disconcerting to me to, to hear from the, the guys at uh, Eater, the physicists, when I sat down with them and said, hey, will it make a difference? all these solar panels, because it's great. We're really making great progress and we're doing amazing things. Isn't that cool? And aren't we good? And isn't that, isn't that a wonderful thing? And he's like, um, do you really want me to answer that here? And eat it, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then he, he said, well, not really. You know, the, the general consensus is that it's not really possible. And there's a debate going on. I don't know if you saw this, um, uh, girls, but there's a debate going on between Musk and Gates. We love to kind of like laud billionaires, you know, these guys that are <laughs> super cool. They're like almost these, uh, you know. They're uh, rich. They must be smart. Yeah. <laughs> but they're arguing together. And Gates is behind nuclear power. And mm -hmm. then um, Musk is, you know, wholeheartedly behind uh, renewable energy, solar plus batteries effectively, right? Yep. And they're saying, no, we disagree with you. You know, Gates is saying that solar panels won't work. And Musk is like, of course they will. All you got to do is make a lot more of them and put them, hook them with the batteries. Okay, <laughs> put, them, put them in New Mexico. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whatever it happens to be. But I mean, who, who knows, really? And just there there are, um, like, Musk just filed for some patents for some new uh, new battery storage, which is supposed to have tremendous longevity. Uh, it's an NMC, a nickel, manganese, cobalt uh, variety. And it, 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 people are talking about it all over the internet right now. So I really don't know what the answer is. We have the physicists telling us it's got to be nuclear. And we have the, uh, you know, these kind of other guys going, well, renewables can do it. Um, but it's, it's not clear to us. And we spend a lot of time doing this. Well, my, I mean, I think it's pretty clear to me anyway that, that it really is going to be a combination. Sure. It's not going to be one magic bullet. You can't <laughs> you throw all your eggs in one basket. It doesn't seem like a good idea anyway. That's why I love having microgrids and massively redundant systems. You know, everybody's fine on their own. And then when you add up all together, you're, you're greater than the sum of the parts. For sure, for sure. Well, I mean, look, how about this? So you got um, all this great technology out there. Who knows which one may or may not kind of give us the, the, the uh, be the most relevant. But do you get excited about things like electric vehicles and electric, uh, you know, airplanes? I mean, is that stuff on your radar? Do you do you want to, like for us, we're like, we got to get that tech. <laughs> we got we to gotta play with that tech, right? Is that something that's on your minds? Or your generation's minds? Um, I think that definitely looking forward, that is really interesting, and we're all super into it. But um, I think a lot of us are more focused on our immediate future, so maybe all of this renewable energy and, like, these solar cars are kind of um, a little bit far out there for us still because we are still young and maybe we can't necessarily afford it all or whatever. So I think one of the key things would be to marketing to our generation, get us more interested, make it seem like maybe we can access it. Because mm. it seems like something maybe um, old, not older people, but people who um, have maybe already stable careers and stuff would be able to invest in or look forward to. Like. Yeah, this is something that's interesting. You're talking about transportation specifically. We were talking about this on the way in, and I asked both girls, do you, you're right at the cusp of getting a driver's license. You know, for our generation, that was the big 
um, ticket to freedom yeah. <laughs> is getting that driver's license. Uh, Marissa has already made it very clear she's not interested. She lives in, in a country with, the, with the, one of the best public transportation networks <laughs> on the planet. And so I asked them both. She's not going to get a driver's license. She doesn't need it. Um, but I asked Yasmina the same thing. Um, and her answer was really interesting because she talked about public transportation um, specifically that it just wasn't very attractive and the schedule isn't such that, that you can make it work. So public transport needs better um, flexibility, I guess, here. And then I asked about it, our like AI vehicles, you know, our, our independent driving vehicles, would you just Uber everywhere? And you said... Uh, well, like, here's the thing. If it was a robot <laughs> driving me around, I'm not sure if I would really be that into it because I'm like, I don't know if this robot's really going to be able to do something. But I feel like if a lot of other people were doing it and I saw it in action and um, very, I suppose, like well-used and I suppose tested in a way, then I would feel more comfortable using it. But I wouldn't be one of those people who are off on the frontier, you know, just pioneering all this technology. You don't want to be an early adopter of an <laughs> autonomous vehicle? Uh, yeah, <laughs> a electric to electric me. or otherwise. <laughs> Very cool. Well, I don't know. I don't <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't really need it because you have so many trains and other things you can you can lean on. It's not yeah. exclusive to roadways. <laughs> Well, so there's this kind of crossover between all this new energy stuff that initially was about, hey, let's get some solar panels, save some money, be a little bit green. And now there's this conversation where it's moving towards all this new, cool new tech, right? And I've been lobbying Jason to go to CES, uh, Consumer Electronics Show, out in Vegas with me because I think that there's going to be more and more kind of like crossover between the renewable energy industry and just cool tech, right? Sure. And that may be part of what brings the younger generation in. There's really neat stuff going on out there from smart house stuff to VTOL, like aircraft, to all kinds of new, thi new things that because they're electric are kind of inherently related to the renewable energy industry, right? Mm -hmm. So um, we may be able to bring a lot more to the, to the table soon with a, a trip like that. Um, yeah, yeah, well, I don't know. That's something we've, we've noticed over the, over the years here is that none of this stuff exists in isolation. They're all tied together. The more vehicles you feel, the more electricity you need on the grid. The more you need on the grid, the more you have to transport and generate and all these things. Um, we've, I sent you a thing last night How that the, there were 30 million iPhone Xs sold worldwide. That equates to 423 megawatt hours every single day that just go to an iPhone. Oh, just power for just, just the power devices? for an iPhone. <clears throat> yeah, at one point you're giving me a, a, a kilowatt hour equivalent to a Google search too. Yeah, yeah, right? it's like turning on a light bulb for 16 seconds or something. I think it was. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, let's let's do this. Every, every time you Google something, it costs a 16 seconds of light bulb. Let's go. We want to go to our commercial uh, break. Yeah, we'll come I think back we do that. and we'll explore a bit more. Okay. Enduro Shield glass protection is the cost-effective way to help protect your PV investment reduce cleaning needs, and help maximize power production. EnduroShield prevents etching, helps reduce soiling and debris buildup. At only two molecules thick, EnduroShield is optically clear, UV transparent. A one-time application provides up to 10 years of durability. To learn more about the coating, visit EnduroShield.com solar. You can request factory application or on-site by certified technicians like the team at Perfectly Clear. In Hawaii and for on-site applications in Western U.S., visit PerfectlyClear.glass or call Gary at 808-280-9422. That's 808-280-9422. 
Sundrum Solar is the manufacturer of a revolutionary thermal collector that fits on the underside of your standard PV panel to maximize energy capture per square foot. The Sundrum Solar Hybrid PVT system combined photovoltaic and thermal holds the world record for peak efficiency, capturing an astounding 86% usable energy. Learn how Sundrum Solar vastly improves electric, heating, and cooling economics at sundrumsolar.com. Pantech Design is ushering the world into a new age of home energy automation through the convergence of smart home technologies and renewable energy management. Unifying solar energy production, intelligent energy storage, and smart breaker technologies with smart home devices, Pantech Design's complete home energy automation suite incorporates unprecedented control of lighting, shades, climate, security, hot water, electric vehicle charging, and many other systems. Contact Pantech today at PantechDesign.com. Okay, I want to add two uh, uh, sponsors to this, or at least shout-outs. One to Fairwinds Wealth Management for uh, Brian Thomas. Uh, you can find uh, information about Fairwinds uh, Wealth Management at FairwindsWealth.com. Check them out. I was really uh, amazed by what I learned on his webinar on how to mitigate risk in the markets and, and work with, uh, you know, uh, uh, preserve wealth, work with a strategy and kind of protecting wealth, but at the same time, looking at ESG, uh, environmental and social governance opportunities, uh, really cool stuff. Check out Fairwinds Wealth it's, yeah, it's Management. A really, it's a really important conversation. If you're going to be out there, you're going to try to earn some money anyway. You want to make your money, want your money working for you. Have it working in the right way. Yeah, and it turned out that a lot of these companies that fit into these categories are also the, the huge performers. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, ETFs, electronically traded funds like TAN, uh, recently, uh, and then also PBW, I think was one. Uh, uh, PWB, PBW, <laughs> you'll find it. Uh, anyway, uh, really great stuff. Thank you to Brian for that. And then I do want to give a shout out to uh, Green Tech Media here in Maui. Uh, not Green Tech Media. Uh, CED Green Tech. It's the same, same, same mm -hmm. phrase, right? CED Green Tech suppliers that I just bought my solar system from. Thank you very much for prompt delivery. Uh, very helpful to me and getting that thing installed this year. So, uh, yeah, great guys. Uh, if you need to buy some equipment, they're the ones to go to. Uh, thanks to everybody out there. Solar uh, equipment. Dalton and Jalen. <laughs> Specifically. And all those great guys uh, here in Maui. Right. Okay, ready to jump over. to? We just talked a little bit about the, the past. Yep. We're going to get into the future now and like oh. what's actually coming in the next couple of decades? Like what are, what so? are we going to see? So we've got a decade to, to look ahead, and this is where the futurist can, can go a little, a little whole hog. Um, we've seen a lot of things happen in the past year, um, specifically with DERs. Um, we talked about that, where you have all these little little pieces that are standalone. You have your own little battery, your own solar panels, and yet it supports the larger grid because you can pull in and out and do things. Um, the same with electric vehicles. I think we're going to probably start seeing a lot of vehicle-to-home balancing. Mm -hmm. um, everybody's concerned that you're going to wake up in the morning and your car's going to be empty <laughs> because the um, because the grid stole all your power and that's mm. really not how it works it's it's you leverage 10,000 vehicles to do something really small you won't ever see a percent or two even drop on on your your charge but it can really massively change how we move energy around the grid um, well you know and, and that that idea of of, of of giving access to your your asset for the grid is a, is a certain kind of idea that is um, Star when you Trek. first hear it, it's very different, right? <laughs> it's like, well, it's, that's my thing. I don't want someone else to control it or mm -hmm. maybe abuse it or maybe take from me. But but in reality, our phones are kind of like a, 
uh, a bit of a, a testing case for us, right? We're giving access to all kinds of personal information. We're giving access to all, some people are, a lot of people are, maybe mm -hmm. not Jason Verricard. <laughs> I can see the look on your face like, not me, buddy. But you know, there's the point is that we, we, we get comfortable with the idea of this technology. Technology, the, it, the convenience is what attracts us to it. The entertainment is what attracts us to it. All these great tools, but then you, you do offer certain things for that in, in exchange, right? And so I think that's kind of like a model that could be utilized in the future for all these these uh, like electric vehicles being used for grid services, for example, sure. or um, batteries being used for grid services, or who knows what, right? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I think you're going to see that that concept go even further. This is this is Enphase's whole um, new plan with the the ensemble kind of series, where you have each individual panel is its own little. Thing. What did Rigu call it? The little buyers and sellers of energy. And they all yeah. manage it all on their own. So if you have a whole bunch of solar out there and it's producing, then you have energy that is effectively free. And so all your devices would be buying, quote unquote, buying that energy from your solar panels. But then when your, your sun goes down, your panels go offline. I mean, the power, the power to buy power from the, the solar panels is essentially infinite. Right, then the money is infinite because you can't do it. Um, so then you have to find another source. So you go around the room and is it the battery? Is that the cheapest way to get power right now for my microwave? Is it the grid? It could be anything. It could be the car. How does it know that? Like that's that's that's. And I guess maybe this is, is this part of the conversation. But how does it? Because it's you know if you look at Pika for example, they mm -hmm. had oh you guys phone going. You had you had the um, you had data and energy traveling over that rebus, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. So, but we don't yet have that at the grid level, do we? There are protocols right now. Um, IEEE has stepped up over the last time when we first went to um, uh, California, and I was I was screaming about having standardization across the grid. It still didn't really exist. Um, it's it's really started to come together. They have IEEE is a, is a uh, an organization that sets standards and protocols for lots of different things, everything from your computer, how your USB works, all the way up. And one of the things, they had a working group for uh, grid-tied um, storage so that they can communicate over a standard, standardized protocol. So this does it is starting to exist. Not all the utilities support it yet, but it's going to be out there. And, and that's going to help them figure out how to control stuff but the whole mechanism for assigning a value and that's going to be very proprietary i would think that it would operate like you have your your power coming out of your solar panels is is free and the battery buys it all up and then holds it and that would be cheaper than your grid power because it knows it got it for free and it obviously well, has to store it but yeah i mean well coming out of the solar panels like it could be that the um the 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 appliances, like your toaster says, mm -hmm. hey, I need power right now. If it's available from the panels directly, I'll take that because that's the cheapest. Right. If it's available from the uh, the batteries at a levelized cost of storage, considering warranties, and we mm -hmm. totally geek out on this, yeah. then it, I'll buy it there. And if yeah. not, I'll buy it buy it uh, from the grid. You know, uh, it, it, depending on the rate structure of, of the tariff, yeah. right? So some kind of a protocol like that. It's got a bunch of if thens. In it. Mm -hmm. That sounds about right. Yeah, that's 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 essentially what they're describing. But that would be working on a massive micro scale and then out to the larger grid, all over the place. Which, which makes a lot of sense to me. I would like to see that in the next decade <laughs> as a thing. Um, well, so. this article here from Enphase, um, they're making uh, pretty good progress, and they've got some of the initial installs in. And, you know, they effectively, 
I think what they're doing is they're simplifying the install process for solar plus storage, mm -hmm. similar to how they simplified the uh, install process for grid-tied solar back in the day. Yep. You know, t 2010 territory, you, some people were still using uh, central inverters and you had to think about all the complexities of installing this system. It took time, uh, money, and energy to do it. And then Enphase came around and they said, okay, we're gonna make it really easy. Just plug in these different uh, little microinverters and you're gonna have AC on your roof. So they're yep. doing something similar now with Ensemble and they're starting to, what was that article? It said it was uh, commercial. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, they were starting to work on commercial scale as well as uh, residential, so they're broadening their offering. And off-grid. I mean, that's that's the, the neat thing is that they, they call it off-grid, but really it's just forming its own little micro grid by itself because they come online and they all talk to each other and they buy and sell energy. And <laughs> microgrids have been very complex to create over the last uh, 10 years uh, yep. and before, but yep. now they could be as simple as plugging in a microinverter to uh, to a string. Yeah. And that's that. That <laughs> could have some pretty s significant implications, because then you're out there. You can produce your own microgrid, and and, and, it, and it does. It's, it, all the intelligence is there. I mean, we haven't seen this yet. We saw that one video with the fellow in Australia that got some IQ8s, and then he's running like just, all this. He just plugged a suspiciously I, I, like high loads. Too, for yeah, a, a too too panels. many too many things on a power strip for <laughs> one single panel. But I, mean, I I absolutely believe in the technology, so we'll we'll have to see how that goes. But with the one of the things I want to test on your roof. Yeah. <laughs> sure. What, al what else is going on in the future, Doug? Um, in, the f in the future, um, spray-on panels. This is something we've talked about for a while. Perovskites, um, inkjet technology is something everybody's familiar with. You go to the store, you buy ink for your printer, it prints out photos. But what if you could print chemical reagents that would basically make solar panels? You could print textiles and things that would be solar reactive. The, re the efficiencies aren't there, but if you can coat absolutely everything, if you can coat the back of your panel, even your solar, your phone, even though it's not a flat surface, or you can paint the entire surface of your car and it's all solar reactive, it would be able to harvest energy from any surface. You could have it on your clothes and it's powering your ear pods. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so, well, how, but how far out are we from something like that? They're able to print the textiles now in a lab. It's not cheap. So it's, it's a matter of getting it to a, a, and a, those economies of scale that make things cheaper for us. Uh, right now, silicon cells are still going to be the cheapest thing for, for the foreseeable future. But we're talking a decade away, maybe. Hmm. Sure. <laughs> That's awesome. Yes. How awesome. That's pretty cool. I just like could you buy that in like a can of spray paint or something? Like could you just spray it on things? Or is it's, it's it more a like a yeah. printing thing where you have to like print it with it's, a it's a couple different layers. So oh. you have to, you can't you would have you could have a couple different cans and you would have oh. to do it. Oh, that would be really neat if you could do like solar graffiti. Yeah, yeah that was my mind was too. <laughs> That'd be really neat. Just throw some LEDs up and then paint over it the whole thing and you have it'll it'll harvest all day and then glow at night. Very, very weird. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, solar graffiti. Um, I like that one. What's, alter what's alternative storage? We already saw this last mm. week. Massachusetts, uh, Vermont. Where was it? The, the compressed air, Vermont. Oh yeah, it was in Vermont. Um, it, so another really wacky, weird, great way to store energy. It's still not the most efficient thing in the world, but it's better than nothing. And so if you can compress air, or we have the big giant cement pyramids where you stack everything up during the day and then let gravity feed, pull it back down and pull the turbine, um, all these different ways you can store energy. I think we're going to see a lot more of them coming in, in the next decade. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what, the thing that, that I start thinking about is that I think we're really bad at 
looking over a five or ten year period, if we look back to 2010 and we said, what, what was our predictions? And, and, and Abigail Ross Hopper, the CEO of SIA, mentioned this in the, in the I think, the initial session at SPI this year. Mm -hmm. She said, you know, our expectations were very, very small, but we achieved a tremendous amount. Right? Mm -hmm. And so now looking forward, now we're kind of under the gun. If you, if you subscribe to what the, um, what the, the, the climate uh, discussion is about and that things are really getting to a point of a tipping point, then, okay, now we need to really see uh, tremendous progress. We're not sure if we can do it with solar, but there's always these, these innovation kind of disruption points where these amazing things happen, you know, and, and battery power, battery storage capability could completely change uh, with maybe these these patents from Musk or maybe some of these new uh, storage types. Are the, the solid are the, are state the battery stuff is, is just fantastic, right? I mean, imagine if you can go in and charge your car from, from zero to 80% in 45 minutes instead of hours. Yeah. That total game changer. Here's the problem with this with this idea, though. It's like we have to say, okay, well, there's probably going to be some innovation steps. We're probably going to be okay because these things are going to pop out. We're going to take advantage of them, and it's going to change our world. We know that fission works right now. Sure. <laughs> right? But it's political, and it's uh, it's got a really so, terrible so, case of the PR uh, cooties, yeah. <laughs> and no one wants it, right? So it's like um, we know we've got a solution. Uh, but but we we don't have the ability it seems to get deployed at the, at the rate that we need. Sure. So we're kind of betting on something that maybe will happen. Yeah. Um, girls, any thoughts on nuclear fission, nuclear reactors? I mean, Marissa, you live in a country where they had a significant accident, right? <laughs> well, they have more nuclear per capita anywhere in the world, Japan. Yeah. Um, I think would there's. You, would you support one here? Here. <laughs> yeah. I th they're gonna keep it under control, <laughs> then that would be very nice. The only problem with the fusion is that you need to actually fusion. Fusion <laughs> is that you need to keep it under control and under maintenance, or else it will get out of your hands and be uncontrollable, like all the fires that's going on. Oh. On Maui these days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. You're controlling okay. a lot of energy, a lot yeah. of potential energy. Yep. It's we, we've had. There's been different incidents over the over the last few decades. Uh, everything from Chernobyl, Three Mile Island, Fukushima, and these types of things stay in our minds, right? Yeah. But um, but but it's a matter of weighing these. I, I went over the other show. The, the 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 amount of risk for existing pollution and potential for climate change just totally dwarfs all, I mean, I, I hate to make light of it, but the, the nuclear accidents that we've had so far, just, just they're, they're inconsequential in the grand scheme of things. And yet nobody will entertain the fission conversation. So about deaths from, uh, from pollution, from uh, you know, coal burning, for example, yep. or from things like that are just- you Coal know, mining, coal burning. <laughs> right, right, right. That right. whole industry causes more deaths per year by, by a factor of thousands let me ask you this. So, like, within your generation, when someone says nuclear, what's the connotation that comes right out in your mind? Do you think dangerous? Do you think, uh, is, it, is it something you don't think about at all? Is it something you think about the past? The past? I mean, is it, where is it in your mind? Is it there at all? Um, I don't know. Like, it's this weird combination of kind of, like, superheroes got nuclear radiated, <laughs> and now they have powers. <laughs> and um, That's where it comes in. Like, well, it's, like, part that, and then also partly this other kind of nuclear engineers and all this, like, what they're saying about nuclear fission and stuff, which 
is like what I've heard pretty clean energy, right? It's the cleanest. It, yeah, it, the cleanest. And then you have to consider the waste. The waste is the yeah. big concern, and then the melt, the, the potential for meltdowns. The, but the, the and there are other technologies. If we go to thorium or something like that, it's it's a much less wasteful process. Mm -hmm. um, the whole uranium plutonium chain was a political decision because we wanted the fissionable weapon weapons grade stuff the thorium reactors are much cleaner but we went the other way because we wanted to be able to make nuclear weapons yeah yeah it feels like there's going to be a couple of tracks here we're going to see i think there's going to be a resurgence and a, and a, and a scrubbing of the political uh of the perception of, of nuclear and it's going to start to become more mainstream whether it's small modular reactors whether it's alternative larger scale uh fission whether it's the can do reactors that have the opportunity to seed uh the become the seed stock for fusion when that comes online in a few decades as per steve Lego, mm -hmm. uh all this we're going to be exploring in the upcoming year by the way we got sure. shows scheduled with these guys uh yeah okay so all right where do we go from here girls you got anything you want to say do you have the entire island <laughs> listening to you no oh wonderful <laughs> no wonderful anything Marissa you no. talk very no. much you like <laughs> answering questions all right I, I have a, I have a little speech and I didn't know if until right now if I was going to say this or not but oh. I, I, I wrote this thing out this morning um, as as a message to everybody after three years of the solar coaster um, make no mistake there is a war going on right now and it's a war for trillions of dollars of your money we have an incredibly rare opportunity in front of us an opportunity to change our way of life to shape an industry that is stagnated through complacency of monopoly, um, to not only secure our own energy, but our friends, neighbors, children's, grandchildren's, great-grandchildren's as well. Um, and while doing so, ensure that all future generations get the same opportunities by stabilizing the climate we need to survive. I want to ask you to look at the past decade now and over the next 10 years are you content to just sit there and continue to pay your monthly electric bill, knowing all the while that electric vehicles and appliances and devices and all the things we're talking about are, are coming more and more, will be the new normal? Or are you going to take control? Control your power, control of your environment, control of the planet, because it's the only one we've got. Regardless of whether you're, you prefer large central generation or little interconnected microgrids, I urge you all to get involved. Educate yourself. This is the third year the solar coaster has been on air, and in that time, I've been on a personal journey of education and discovery. I've gone from knowing pretty much absolute zero to being, I would say, pretty well informed. But it's a never-ending task. Technology moves so fast, and it's difficult to keep track of it all. What I mean to say by that is just because someone comes into your home and wants to sell you something, it doesn't mean they know what's best for you. Not even us here at the show. Do your research, form your own opinions, and act on them. If it's right for you, get solar on your home. Even if you don't think you can afford it, there are wonderful state programs like GEMS uh, where you're pretty much guaranteed to save money every month. If you're renting, look into community solar. You can buy energy from a clean source and save money too. Go to the public forums. Don't wait until after it's built to complain about large solar farms because it's going to need to go somewhere. Vote. This one's obvious. You don't get to complain if you didn't vote. <laughs> but the biggest one is be ready to compromise. The world will 
look different in the next 10 years. And if we continue the political wranglings of the last decade, I don't think we're going to like the way it looks. We'll all have different visions of the perfect 2030. And I'd like to think our shared visions are closer to each other than some would make it out to be. But there will be differences, and that's normal. Don't let diversity of ideas prevent us from achieving our larger shared goals. That's the only way we're going to get this done. Oh, very nice, Jay. Very nice. It's good to see into the uh, into what you know what your what your kind of core feelings were there. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I don't know. What do you girls think? Anything popped in your mind there after Jason's uh, uh, rant? Soapboxing. Definitely agree. I agree with what everything Jason says. <laughs> <laughs> Not just because I have to drive you home. <laughs> oh, and also. It kind of how you were how you were saying that um, you've got to choose to uh, choose the renewable energy. Choose your don't like just go buying electricity from the coal burning factories and stuff. It's kind of interesting because we do the same thing with our own bodies, like choosing to buy junk food instead of your uh, maybe more healthy snacks. So I think society in general needs to get this reform idea of really choosing the maybe more healthy choices instead of the less healthy ones. Sure. I don't know. Um, I don't think you gotta like get all passionate and be crazy over it, but maybe just making a little change and keeping it at the corner of your thought would be nice making small changes if everybody makes small changes it's that's a good one change yeah (laughs) very good well it's been a uh, a wonderful 2019 2020 is right around the corner we're going to have some amazing shows uh everything from ces vegas uh (laughs) to uh inner solar in california inner solar in europe uh also to spi got a bunch of great things happening uh, on the boards looking forward to what Uh, is to come for 2020 for the next decade. I myself will continue to be a solar enthusiast and complete geek of all things new energy economy. Cannot wait to get my electrified 308 Ferrari from the cool guys Electric GT or something along those lines. Hey, uh, folks, thank you very much for tuning into the Solar Coaster. We are sponsored by Fairwinds Wealth Management, Sundrum, Solar Pantech Design, and uh, also some other companies. Thank you very much. Have a wonderful Aloha Friday. Happy New Year.